Hello, everyone, and welcome to the sixth episode of Tilting at Windmills with Mike Donahue. Today, we're fortunate to have our guest, Tim Johnson. Hi, Tim. Hi there. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Um, Tim, you, you're an outreach chair coordinator for Our Revolution OC, which is a yeah. mouthful. And I think... Oh, our, it's, I'm no? sorry, I didn't interrupt you. It's, it's Our Revolution SoCal OC. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, SoCal OC. There's just a few um, different groups. So I just wanted to make sure you knew like which one we were. Sure. But, um, so I guess, I guess can, can I just boil that down into community organizer? Is that fair or is that a label that you're not a big fan of um well i mean really the my doesn't titles don't really matter but i i guess if you were to give me one it's the outreach chair coordinator for the group just basically like the out director of outreach type person um but what is that like what do you do what does that what does that mean what, is, what do you do reaching out to other organizations and uh groups that um you know we can build coalitions with to further our progressive agenda. Okay. Okay. Um, and you are a pretty progressive fellow, but before we get into the heavy political stuff, um, is there anything that you've been reading or watching online that there are anywhere that um, you're, you're getting a kick out of and you think our audience should know about? Um, <clears throat> well, uh, like, like I was saying, I, I, I watch a lot of the independent media, uh, you know, uh, the combo couch and, Mikasa Sukasu Network and Jimmy Dore, uh, Joy Savage. There's a bunch of independent media. Um, the, the Humanist Report. Um, like me, some RT, of course. And uh, by RT, uh, Russia Today, for those who aren't. Yeah, I guess know. that's what that stands for. Uh, redacted. I really, I really enjoy uh, Redacted Tonight as well. Okay. Um, and, and that's just because you're just not a fan of the quote unquote mainstream media. It's just, it's too corporatized. It's too agendized. It's um, yeah. I mean, I, I, you don't really get a, a whole lot of me, uh, a whole lot of news on those networks. Okay. Um, so, so, so let's talk about your, like, I consider myself and I think the folks out there kind of know that I'm a, I'm a fairly, what I used, I used to think of myself as a fairly leftist, um, uh, progressive, a fairly leftist liberal. Um, but then once I started getting involved in the political stuff around these campaigns, I don't know, um, for, and for those of you who don't know, I, I was helping Laura Oatman out um, for a while with her campaign. Um, but I realized that, holy cow, like I'm really not anywhere near that, that far left uh, of, of that spectrum. Um, but I think I think you would you would comfortably say that yeah you you yourself you're on that um, extra progressive on steroids sort of side of things. How do how do you self describe to um, people um, yeah, that are trying I mean, to get I'm to know you? I'm pretty much leaning as left as they come for the most part. I, I'm like I pretty much have an unapologetic super progressive uh, platform for the most part. No corporate money, no for all. Raising the minimum wage, uh, you know. So, 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 for instance, okay. So let's let's try and find a delineation where you and I start start breaking or falling off. So, uh, Medicare for all, yeah. Yeah. Okay, uh, fifteen dollar minimum wage, no problem. At least. Okay, uh, living wage. Sure. Okay. Um, path to citizenship for undocumented workers. 
Absolutely. Uh, but not okay. Uh, so, so on the spectrum, then, uh, what about open borders? Um, you know, o- open borders. Obviously, in, in a perfect world, that'd be great. Um, I, I definitely support it. At the same time, I don't know how possible it is. So it's just really a matter of, at the end of the day, dealing with what we have currently, which is we, we do have borders. And I, I just think that what's going on at the borders is is criminal. Right. I think that it needs to end. I think we need to abolish ICE. Um, we were completely fine without ICE uh, before ICE and we, protecting our borders before ICE. And I think that we'll be completely fine after we abolish ICE protecting our borders. Okay. Uh, immigration is, yeah. Uh, okay. So you, you and I, we, 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 at least in Facebook circles, we, we travel in a lot of the same sort of groups, but it, you know, what, what do you think maybe is the one or two positions that you think you hold that sort of freak out the, the quote unquote moderates uh, on the left or mm. do you not? What freaks them out is they're afraid that young people and millennials are going to storm in the party and they're going to they're going to bring so many people, uh, you know, together with regard to people who are outside the party. I think they're afraid that we're going to that we're going to be successful in in adding a new party. And um, what they don't really get is that that's not necessarily a bad thing Uh is if uh, there was a third or even fourth voice in our political system, but they don't want that. They want to have a strong stranglehold on, on the, on the, on the, on our government. And that's why they don't want corporate money out of the government either. They want to, they want to keep that in there because it keeps them in power. They don't want the people to have the power. And our job is to give the power back to the people. Okay. Um, so one of the tangible ways of doing that is just campaign finance reform, right? And just no, no, things court- like Things like fighting for Medicare for all, things like fighting for free college and trade school, things like th- fighting for things like raising the minimum wage to $15 or even more. I mean, 15 is too, still too low, but it's a start. At the end of the day, doing all of those things will empower these people, will empower the people, the working people, will give them that much more ability to, to um, have more time and energy to spend in the political process so that they can actually have their voice heard. Because the reason why people aren't involved in the political process and then decision making in our country is because they're racked with medical debt. They're, ma- they're racked with student debt and they have to work eight, 60 hour weeks in order to, to put enough money in the bank to even eat food. And in, that, in, in a lot of cases, they're actually on, on food stamps while working full time jobs, two, three, four jobs. So that's why they can't be involved in the political process. The system is designed that way in order to keep the people rich. And the poor, poor, I'm not saying anything new for the most part. I think this is all stuff that we all know. It's just we have different ideas as to how to fix it. And when it comes down to it, every other major country on earth is doing it in a way that's working. But for some reason, we can't we can't figure it out. So again, I, I keep referencing back to, to Facebook because that's, I think, kind of where I see some of the interactions. People get freaked out by your positions. Like people get angry and these are people that identify as liberal, identify as progressive. Um, but, but they seem to be freaked out by you and what you're saying. Um, Do you agree with that in general? Like, do you see that what I see or like the people who aren't in your core, (laughs) you know, in your core group, but once, once you start going out past that. Um, well, yeah, I don't, I don't, when people get angry, 
if people are getting angry for the things that I support and the things that I'm fighting for, that says something a lot about the people that are getting angry. You're getting angry that I'm trying to help homeless people or you're, you're getting angry because I'm trying to help poor people get higher wages or you're getting angry because I support people having free health insurance like every other major country on earth does so that they can actually not be bankrupt because of their medical bills. If you're getting angry because I'm fighting for these things, free college, maybe even uh, forgiving student loan debt for your kids or for you for that matter, if you're getting angry about these things, I, I think you should ask yourself why you're getting angry. But, but do you, do you, am I, so am I, but am I off base here? Yeah. Yeah, like, do you, do you get a, a feeling from the mo- for sure, I notice it. I I, hit, I I deal with it almost every other day. I just tend to kind of let it roll off my back and I keep pushing forward because you're going to get that. A lot of times it's the establishment. It's the people that are embedded in the establishment. It's folks that are supporting establishment candidates or, or you know, shilling for neoliberals or whatever it may be. At the end of the day, um, if you're getting angry, it's not because of, of what I'm saying. It's probably more because it's going against um, what the establishment wants and what this, they, they want to continue this system that's working for them. And it's, and it's, it's working against the people. It's working against the working class and, and the lower, you know, lower income for that matter and senior citizens and the most vulnerable in our society. But as long as they can continue to benefit from the system, then of course they're going to be angry. So let's talk about um, that phrase neoliberal, right? So what what is that? So, so I'm guessing you were not a Hillary fan. No. Okay. Were you a Bernie fan? Absolutely. Still am. Will be forever. Okay. Um, so with with and and I'm guessing. So in in our in our um, sort of Orange County, are there any of the Dem candidates um, that you really can really get your weight behind out of out of any of the the districts down here? Um. What what um. Are you talking federal, like, or are you talking about? Oh, con- con- yeah, congressional. Uh, are there any of the congressional candidates that you can kind of that you really feel good about supporting? No. Okay. All right. So you're are you're familiar? I mean, this is, and I think this is where um, liberals get all banana shape. <laughs> I think with you, or and I'm, I don't mean with you personally, but in in. They get banana shape when people who they perceive to be on the left or quote unquote on their team aren't supporting their person. Even if they may not be the ideal candidate, they're at least the Dem candidate, right? And it's better than the right. So I'm sure I'm sure you've heard that argument like a bajillion times. So what do you say to those people who get all bent because you're not supporting their guy? Mm. Well, I mean, at, at the end of the day, it's just it comes down to, uh, you know, I, I represent a I represent a movement. And, you know, when it comes down to candidates that we support and don't support, um, there's a pretty specific, you know, set of like requirements in order to get our support and to have our sweat, our blood, sweat and tears go towards getting you elected to represent the people. You know, um, at the end of the day you know, you either fit the mold or you don't. And it's, you know, it's no, I'm not dissing anybody when it comes down to them not fitting that mold. If, if you know, it's not a diss, it's just, it's kind of is what it is. And a lot of people get upset and passionate about their candidate and God bless them. I mean, um, 
you know, I hate to see some of the negative, some of the, I guess you can say some of the just, you know, um, nastiness that comes about sometimes. But it, like I said, it is what it is. It, it's, it's how politics is, unfortunately. What I loved about Bernie and his campaign is that that was pretty much non-existent. It was all positive campaigning. I mean, he called out who he need to, needed to call out in the appropriate times, but it wasn't about attacks, really. It was it was more about bringing a message of, you know, bringing people together and elevating the working class and, you know, bringing, lifting everybody up. And so um, that's really what I hope to kind of be about moving forward as much as possible. I kind of regretted getting into some of the, down into the mud with, with some of the you know, Facebook interactions or even in person, um, you know, and that's why, uh, you know, me and, and the group that I'm, that I'm part of locally, our revolution, SoCal OC, we plan on having an event on October 21st over in Santa Ana, Ross and on Ross street in Santa Ana. And it's going to be about discussing the issues. Uh, basically we want to just inform voters about everything that's going to be on their ballot in November all the different propositions and, and, and laws that we can get passed. We got um, Proposition 10 for uh, rent control. Um, you know, we got a lot of different things uh, that, that are going to be on the ballot. So we want to kind of more or less uh, help with like a voter guide, hopefully even create something. I think we're, we're planning on putting something together on like a flyer mm-hmm. so people can have uh, some sort of a guide on all the issues. Because, you know, we can talk about candidates all day long. And, and that, those are important, but a lot of people tend to forget and neglect the uh, the other issues that are going to be on the ballot that we need to get educated about and, and make sure we vote on as well. Yeah, um, I, I guess like and, and, and you don't have to tell me specifically, but, you know, your friends, your like minded friends or your like minded groups. And I was I was a huge Bernie supporter I, I, from day one. You know, and I had deep, deep issues with with Hillary and things about Hillary. Um, but when it came to going in and actually casting my vote, like I, I, I felt like I had to vote for her. Um, and I'm not saying for you specifically, but, you know, do you I think from an outsider's perspective, I think there's a perception that the, the, the quote unquote far left did, did not make that compromise that they didn't. Well, they- Mike, well, yeah, I mean, Mike, the, the, the fact that you believe that is what is where the major problem lies. The okay. fact that you believe you had to do something that you really didn't want to do, or you felt like was wrong to do for that matter. That's where the problem lies. Us as Americans have been brainwashed by our own government to believe that we have to do that that we have to vote for somebody that we're, that we vehemently uh, oppose or do not support for specific reasons that you can easily outline. And, and it's not just one or two, it's do- a dozen. Right. So, you know, you, you, you can vote for whoever you want to vote for. That's what a democracy is supposed to be about. Unfortunately, we don't live in a democracy. We live at, we, we, we have an oligarchy and, and we're, we're not, we're no, we're no different than North Korea with our, programming uh, as citizens we're programmed to believe certain things it just doesn't seem like it it doesn't seem like we're we're brainwashed it doesn't seem like our media is propaganda when it fucking is i mean cnn fox msnbc half the time they're 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 spewing just 
Right. Honestly, that's one of the few things I agree with the president on. It's and it's regarding fake news. It's just that Fox News is the fake, fakest of all of them. That's that's probably you probably wouldn't agree with that. But yeah, they're all they're all just unfortunately uh, providing very little news and a whole lot of just um, talking about Trump and what Trump's saying, what Trump's doing. We're talking about Russia all day long or basically talking about everything but the pressing things facing all the people. And they're, they're not talking about, you know, um, they're not talking about real news. Right. No. And I, I, I get that. Um, you know, I think, I think honestly, I think the, the, and this is just, I'll just segue into my opinion for a bit. I mean, the corporate media is there to make a buck and, and they're going to report on stuff. I think that, that they think drives viewership. And I think if they thought for an instant that, you know, reporting about something else would make them more money, they probably would. And I think, you know, Fox, you know, their news is all about how great Trump is because that's their demo. You know, NBC, MSNBC wants to talk about how terrible Trump is because that's that their demo and that's how they drive ratings. I do. I do think we're fairly market driven in that. Um, but I think... <sighs> I, I guess I guess I want to help. I want to. I'd like you to help me get to that place where, like, and I'll just use this last election as an example, where there were really four options on the ballot, right? Gary Johnson, uh, Jill Stein, Hillary Clinton, and uh, Donald Trump, right? And and so from again from from me. Like, I, I get that, yeah, we're in a forced two-party system and, you know, it's the game is a bit rigged or, or just flat-out rigged and, and they're doing everything they can to keep it a two-party system. But at the end of the day, I have to walk into that thing and I have to, I have to, like, if I write in someone's name, if I had written in Bernie Sanders' name, what do, what do you say to the argument that that's just... Because I think a lot of people on the left now really feel this way that if I had just written in Bernie Sanders' name, it just like it's like it's going out into the ether. Yeah, well, I don't think it is going out into the ether. I think that represents one vote for somebody that you believe should have been president of the United States of America. And I think by saying anything less than that, it's basically furthering uh, the my point that we don't actually live in a democracy. And that we were brainwashed to think that that's the case. You know, the only reason why I didn't write Bernie in is because the man said not to. And so I voted for Jill Stein because she was the closest thing to my platform and what I what I believe in and what I believe should happen with America. She was the next person in line, in my opinion, that would have that would have implemented that platform and what I believe would be best, you know, in my opinion, for our country and for its citizens. So could did she have a chance? That's not what I base my vote on. I base my vote on my principles. I base my vote on, uh, you know, what I believe is right and who I want to vote for. And the thing is, is that if we can get so many people to go ahead and start rallying behind a corporatist or an establishment Democrat or, or any other candidate for that matter and get the millions of people to vote and support that person, why in the why? Why is it such a such a radical idea to get all of those people to support a different person that actually is 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 more likely to help them? And the thing is, is that our government and our systems and the people in in, in these two parties, 
the party elites and so on. And even and even a lot of the people are are guilty of basically continuing to push this narrative, this this brainwashing idea that you have no other choice and that you have to vote for evil or the lesser of. And that's it. And this is a conversation that 100 million people have had 100 million times over and over again for the last century or more. And um, it's about time. Our job is to break the cycle. Our job is to vote for that third party candidate if the other two suck. Our job is to get other people to do the same. If there's a bad candidate, then we cannot support them. If they take corporate money, unfortunately, it's a deal breaker. If they are for access to affordable health care and not for goddamn Medicare for all, then unfortunately, that's a deal breaker. If they're, you know, um, oh, you know, well, we'll think about, you know, reducing the cost of public college. No, we want free college and free trade school like a lot of other major countries on earth have. So it, it, I get it. Like a lot of people that might piss them off that I'm, we're so unapologetic about our platform, but if we don't, if we're not steadfast in, in that, and if we continue to bend and compromise like we've been, nothing at all is going to change. We can't go to the table already willing to compromise on these things. We have to go to the table with our platform and fight like hell for it. Yeah. And and so as, and I don't want to pretend to speak for all sort of moderate liberals, but but to me, that's the great value. Like it's, it's so funny when, when Bernie first announced, you know, people were like, Medicare fall, you're crazy. $15 an hour, you're crazy. And now all like there's like six or seven platform stances that he took that Hillary would not go anywhere near a 10 foot pole with. But yet now the majority of Americans are supportive of them. Um, so so I think and I think this is where the great I think sometimes people get mad at the at the far left. But there's an, a necessity to people willing to be brave to to push that edge and say, you know what, this is what's right. And even though you guys aren't with us now, we are going to drag you there. And I feel like Bernie dragged the Democratic Party to where he was. <laughs> That's an interesting way to put it. But, yeah, I guess it, it is. Yeah. Dragging. I guess dragging is probably a little bit more accurate of a of a description we we tend to uh, to say pulling. We're trying to pull people, but I guess dragging them is probably a little bit more accurate. Oh, I don't, yeah, it's. Uh, I guess that's an interesting semantic uh, difference. But the, the the big thing that's I think still in a in a craw or or still at, at the core root of your the it's the idea of of staying principled even if you think it's not going to be good for you in the long run. So you're in the scenario, and I'm sure you've been asked this too, I'm sorry if this is repetitive, but if you were the deciding vote caster in the election, and if you vote for Hillary, she's president. If you vote for Trump, he's president. If you vote for Jill, Trump becomes president. Like, would you, would you still have voted for Jill in that, like if your vote was the deciding vote? I I love you to death, Mike, but that's kind of a silly question. I mean, that's never going to be the scenario. And it, I, at the end of the day, you know, um, that's just the wrong question to be asking really. Okay. Then, but I think, I think people, and, and I'm trying to, I was trying, I'm trying to, uh, 
make it analogous, but I think there's that perception that like there were a lot of votes for Jill Stein in Michigan and other swing states where people voted for Jill and they and you know it it had an at impact. the end of the day, Mike. Yeah, at the end of the day, Mike. There, there's a lot of layers to this, and it's not just that cut and dry and simple. And and when it comes down to it, one of the major issues that we have is our is our election systems. The way that they're designed and structured is terrible. It works against the people. It pits them against each other. It makes it to where they feel like they're forced to vote for someone they don't want to. Um, it, we have a we have a very uh, lopsided and uh, with um, without question, a rigged system. All of our elections are rigged. They're run by individuals, private private parties, and, and and they're easily corrupted. And they're fully corrupted. I mean, it's just it's public knowledge. And so, okay. so what do we do about it, Tim? That's the thing is we we need election reform. We need to transform our election systems. We need paper ballots. We need all these different things that you know other countries are doing that have much fairer elections where the voter turnout is close to a hundred percent in some of these countries and, and they have fair elections for the most part. I mean, obviously not every country is perfect, but we're, we, our election systems are straight out rigged. They're, they're bought millionaires are buying elections. It's happening in our district. It's happening in district after district across the country. And that's why it's so important for our revolution to continue kicking ass and running our activists and organizer candidates that have no money, that are raising money from the people that end up still actually getting elected because they represent the people and they don't need all that money. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's, it's fighting tooth and nail against the establishment and the millionaires and these people that continue to try to hold on to this power. But people are paying attention a lot more than ever. The Internet, I mean, people think that the younger people are... are, are <laughs> aren't that smart. I mean, they have the most powerful research tool in the history of mankind at their fingertips. I stole that from Gabriel MacArthur, by the way. Uh, they, they have the most powerful research tool in the history of mankind, and people think that they don't know anything. If they have a question, they just have to Google it, and they find the answer. It's, it's like, and at the end of the day, um, they're underestimated, and they're probably smarter than most of our older people combined because you know that's just evolution humans are getting smarter and smarter as every generation passes but i guess for me it's frustrating because it feels like a catch-22 right you're only going to get in power if you have money and you're not going to support election reform because it undermines your ability to stay in power yeah like the the people who are it, but it's a so it's a catch 22 well it's that's um, why it's our job to get involved in the political process to continue to run our candidates and support them so that they win and so that we can get money out of politics the delegates in the party we need to all get elected as delegates people don't realize that there's like hundreds of leadership positions within the party that if we get our people elected to i mean we're not talking like city council or public we're talking about you know, inner party leadership positions that influence what actually ends up happening with all these different rules and regulations in the party and in our elections. We need people to work as poll workers, volunteers, poll workers to make sure there's no shady business going on there because we all know it is the provisional ballot situation. The, um, you know, there's, there's just example after example of, of, of us meddling in our own elections for the most part. So 
at the end of the day, we're worried about Russia. We should be worried about ourselves. Right. So, but, so you have, there's two approaches, right? That you can do. You, have you thought through, like, is, is that best accomplished by working from within to change the democratic party? Or is that best accomplished by just Both. saying neither of Both. you guys? We need to storm the party like we have been, and we need to build coalitions with organizations that don't want to do that. We need to continue working together. The Dem enter movement and the Dem exit movement, those two groups need to collate and revolution together. Yeah, we got some people in the party that are doing their thing. You don't want to do that. I get it. But trust me, I'm still on your side and I'm ready to go march in L.A. for Puerto Rico and every other thing that doesn't necessarily, you know, is an inner party thing. Because guess what? If, if we if we're trying to get these things to happen, we can use the Democratic Party shit to get that stuff to work, to 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 um, to, to change those things and to make these things happen. The, the Democratic Party endorsed Prop 10. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and wave the Democratic Party flag and be super proud right now because of just the, the situation it's, that, that that's taking place. But at the same time, if we can get Prop 10 passed, then great. But I'm not going to go be like, oh, you know, thanks to the like, yeah, they helped. But that's because we made them help. And it's supposed to be a party that we can make do these things. It's supposed to be our party. It's supposed to be something where it doesn't belong to, to these rich people and party elites and and. You know, it's supposed to be something that is used for positive change. And we, the people, are supposed to be able to use it for that change. It's supposed to be our party. So when people say that we're not real Democrats or we haven't put in the work in the party first, and it's just like, that's not what it's supposed to be about. So I get that. And, and honestly, I can like I could feel your passion coming coming through uh, the call here, I, <laughs> I guess. Um, and, and, and I'm not sure how many other elections you've seen, but th- there is an energy around this this election cycle that that is like just not it's unprecedented i yeah. for me in my life um and and do you do you feel like this is like the new norm or do you think that this is a a, a bump because i think it's it's harder to to talk about revolution when when people are eating pizza and watching football do you know what i mean <laughs> You know, revolution is uh, Sarah Smith is a candidate running in Washington, who I believe is one of the candidates that truly represents our political revolution. One of one of many um, candidates and people for that matter. But she said uh, this is how revolution happens. She said it in a speech in a bar somewhere in Washington where there was a bunch of uh, of of supporters of hers and people that just came to see her and speak and stuff. And. I think it was a, it was actually a, a, some sort of a meet and greet, but, um, she said revolutions happen when people get together at a bar and over a beer. Like she just said, like revolutions aren't always bloody is what I guess she was trying to say. Like revolutions can, can, can happen in many different ways, shapes and forms. And this just happens to be the shape and form that this political revolution has taken. But, you know, w- when we're talking about the District 48 race and, and, and that whole thing, um, I, you know, I, I mean, that's that if that if you're t- <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't really have any comment on that race. No, and I don't, right I don't think guys. we have to um, talk about specific things. I, I just I, I think it's just more that that general that that friction. Right. There's a there's a friction in the people trying to. Um, get us to a better place, and like I think, but I think everybody wants to get to a better place. I think, you know, I think, I think for the most part, 
people want to continue moving left. I think that where we get into the disagreements is is how far and how fast. Um, and I think maybe what people are starting to wake yeah. up Yeah, what people maybe are starting to wake up to, I, I think the, the question is about like how, how far and how fast do we do we get to those places? Um, and, and can we do it without letting the other side just kick us to crap? Well, Mike, you're right. And that is pretty much a, a lot of the debate is around, you know, are there hard stops or do we just continue to compromise? Is there is are there deal breakers or do we accept some things that are, are unacceptable in order to get a couple other things that are that we need and want? Um, that's the debate. At the end of the day, though, there's going to be there's we like you said earlier, we need people that are going to be unapologetic in in um, in what we accept and don't accept. We have to um, without those few people that are doing that, we'll continue to go further to the center and to the right. Yeah. You know, we need to have people digging their heels in because those are the ones that are keeping us from drifting further to the center. And so, yeah, we are the ones that are going to get the most heat. We're the ones that are going to be called the most names and get the people are going to get angry at us. But, uh, you know, I'm cool with that. You got to do it. You got to do it. Yeah, because there doesn't seem to be any of this on the right. Like there doesn't seem to be any uh, quote unquote infighting for the hard right people, uh, you know, to to keep pulling their party and, and trying to pull America to the right. It, it seems like we have the liberals have a bit of lock on this. 100 percent. I just want everyone to know that it, I don't have an issue with any individual person and I mean nothing but well. And whether it seems like what I'm doing is will end up um being for the better or not, I promise you that uh, my intentions are nothing but to uh, accomplish the, what's be- what can possibly be best for our country. I don't think anyone is like, oh, it would be terrible if we had Medicare for all, uh, at least not on the left, quote unquote. You know, I don't think people I think people are just like, um, I don't think it's possible or mm, how are we going to pay for that? Or, you know, like they, they just have these fixed ideas about why we can't have it. But it, the thing is, is that a lot of us realize that we can have it and it's ridiculous that we don't. It's, it's funny. I, and, and, and I think it's maybe just hitting me. Like we seem to be much more able to argue and debate about policy positions than we do um, candidate support. Yeah. So we can, we can go on and on internally about, you know, Medicare for all or whether it should be $15 or it should be a living wage or, but as soon as I say I'm for Katie Porter or I'm um, for Harley or whomever, it becomes like it's a flag in the ground. You know what I mean? There's no, there's there, there's no back and That's forth. That's why I that. think it's really important, and I try very very hard not to talk about Trump so much. Like I try and talk about when, I, especially when I'm talking to someone who may be a Trump supporter in my passing and coming and going. It's like all that's going to do. I I don't have anything positive to say, and and if and if I decided to make a positive you know, compliment to him. Like really it's not representing how I really feel about him. So it's better to not even bring up Trump in a conversation. Let's talk about the rent being too damn high. Let's talk about the fact that your deductibles and premiums on your Medicare, I mean, on your health insurance are, are too damn high and all these other things like you're, like you're, you're drowning in student loan debt or you're not getting paid enough or whatever it may be. Those are the things that we need to be talking about and talking about Trump and like, whoever these individuals 
it's just it doesn't get anybody anywhere. So I, I just choose not to even to avoid even talking about it if it's not necessary. Jim, thank you. This is this is one of the better conversations I've had, and I, I super appreciate you taking the time. If if people want to learn more about our revolution or what you're doing there, where should they go? Um, you can go to our Facebook page, search Our Revolution SoCal OC. That's the best uh, place to find us and find out what we're doing. We have a meeting coming up this weekend on Sunday. We have organizing meetings twice a month. We're getting pretty, um, you know, pretty organized, and we got a nice, healthy squad of people and members. So we're looking to just continue to, you know, build coalitions with other groups. The the uh, event that we're having on October twenty first, we've been able to put together a coalition of awesome groups like the Poor People's Campaign OC, Bernie Sanders Brigade. Uh, AIM SoCal, uh, the American Indian Movement SoCal, um, Assistance for the Resistance. They're, they're awesome, always providing assistance, uh, water and all that stuff, chargers for the activists and them socialists. Uh, yeah, we actually attend their meetings pretty, pretty often, uh, the Democratic Socialists of, of Orange County meetings. And um, yeah, I mean, they have a, some really uh, good turnouts at their meetings and they talk about a lot of uh, good stuff there. They, they have a pretty organized group where they endorse a lot of different progressive uh, propositions. They're not very candidate heavy, but they do, you know, allow for candidates to come or their people to come and talk about their campaigns. Um, they do, I think they do do some candidate endorsements as well, but um, yeah, they're definitely one of our biggest allies as our revolution for sure. Cool. Two, two, two last and just super quick opinions on uh, Ocasio Cortez uh, fan. Oh yeah, huge fan. Okay, huge fan. And then you mentioned um, Prop Ten earlier. Um, what's it's? I know it's a big deal because it impacts so many, so many of us. Um, I think the Dems were uh, a yes on it. Um, yeah. Yes, and, they were. Yeah, and, they were and you're a no. Oh, I, um, no, I'm a 100% yes on 10. Okay, right. So, and so, my understanding is, as a yes on 10 means that communities could could self regulate or or decide not to regulate on rent controls. Um, I thought my understanding was it is it was rent control for LA, where it kind of put like caps and time time restraints on when landlords could increase the rent. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, because we know, like, the number one cause of homelessness right now is high rents and the inability to, um, out of like, obviously, there's a lot of other things going into that mix, um, but mental health and and drug abuse and so forth. But the number one reason um, uh, is is just the uh, crazy cost of rent that we have to pay in uh, in California. So, um, Tim, thank you. Thank you so much. Any any last word or uh, just are you looking forward to November uh, 6th? Yes, I definitely am. Um, as usual, everybody vote. Uh, on October 21st, we're going to be having a voter registration drive at our event in Santa Ana on Ross Street. Um, look, look to our Facebook page, Our Revolution SoCal OC, to find the event. Um, and, uh, yeah, just come and find out what we would recommend and endorse for all the different ballot measures and um propositions and everything that, that are going to be on the ballot in november it'll be like a full-on voter guide situation and uh, the candidates that we support as well we, we definitely do endorse and support mm-hmm. certain candidates and um you'll find out who those candidates are on the 21st 
Awesome, Tim. Um, I'm, I'm super appreciative of what you and your group do. I know it's not easy. I think you get a ro- lot of um, rocks thrown at you that are not <laughs> deserved uh, oh. when you're really only trying to do the right thing and, and in our best interest. So um, please keep it up, man. I appreciate the kind words and I look forward to hopefully just uh, bringing more people together and moving forward on things that we do find common ground on. All right, Tim, I appreciate it. Thank you. You Got it, man. Take care. Thanks for having me on. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the end of uh, this week's broadcast. And just to wrap things up, Mike's final thoughts or whatever cute tag I'm going to try and figure out to put on the uh, end of the show is that Tim Jensen is super representative of that far left movement, I think. Um, there, there's a, a youth, and I don't necessarily want to say an experience of youth, um, but there's a sense that idealism will win the day. Um, he's not yet been broken down and beaten into uh, the submission that it sort of is uh, pragmatism, um, the understanding that, you know, uh, advancement doesn't always happen in leaps and bounds. Um, and obviously, you know, there are some, some keywords in there, you know, neoliberal shills, uh, oligarchy, uh, you know, completely rigged elections, etc. that, you know, I think, I think the eyebrows go up on, you know, comfortable middle-aged politicos, um, and, and with, with that sort of, um, sideways view that, uh, yeah, maybe like, maybe there's a kernel of truth there. Um, but I don't think there's a recognition or, or a complete acceptance of, of those kind of situations. Um, there's a little bit of conspiracy vibe going on. And I don't know if that stems from our desire to not want to believe that um, or just we haven't seen enough evidence of it. Um, And I think at at the end of the day, I think those of us who have kicked around the block a while realize that that most things come back to common um, human nature, um, base needs of human nature. Um, you know, just just greed, uh, power, uh, and and sometimes what what some can 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 sort of attribute to conspiracy is just the flow of human nature in an in a not so attractive manner. Um, and but here's here's the point for for as as sandpaperish as as Tim can be, um, what he and the far left are doing are critical to the progressive left. They're they're critical to move our ideas out of the kook zone and into the mainstream. They're critical uh, to. To, to get, I mean, our whole, our whole name is progressives, right? There's movement, there's movement forward. And that doesn't happen when we're all sitting down and having tea together. Um, it happens when people make us uncomfortable. 
And to that end, that that far left uh, segment of our political nation uh, helps with that. They they make moderate liberals like myself uncomfortable. And at the end of the day, um, that's a good thing. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And I will be back next week with a new and exciting guest. Talk to you then.